Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you happen to be a highly sensitive person like me or a sensitive soul, we have a free gift for you. It is the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, free download at sensitivesoulguide.com. And it helps you with three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. So thank you so much for joining me on the show today. So today I'm super excited because we have a very special guest, Ken Rolla from FreshAndAlive.com, and I met Ken through a mutual friend, Darius, who I've been on Darius's uh, Telesummits, You Wealth Revolution, and uh, you know once Darius and I got to know each other, he says, "You gotta meet Ken. <laughs> you guys would get along great." And I said, "Okay, you know I trust Darius," and so I, I met Ken. And uh, what's really interesting um, is uh, that. You know, like I'm really into energy medicine and holistic healing and things like that. And I read about Ken's journey. We, we spoke for a while. And so we're talking about 5G. We're talking about energy. We're talking about scalar. We're talking about all sorts of different things and how people can stay healthier despite whatever's going on in the world. And I thought, i got to have him on the show uh, because uh, as of this recording in May 2020, we are in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. And I thought, ah, yes. <laughs> well, let's get another perspective here. So today we are going to be talking about um, how to stay healthy in the era of 5G and potential bio-warfare or bio-weapons, um, how to stay healthy with COVID-19, chemtrails, how that all maybe intersects with each other. So just keep in mind that, you know, whatever you hear today, uh, use your own filters with, if, and your discernment. So if it resonates with you, awesome. If it doesn't, that's okay too. So this is a, you know, a free conversation between Ken and I about all these different subjects. I love to pick smart people's brains. So <laughs> this is one of the reasons that I have folks on my show so I can pick their brain and uh, learn more. So let me tell you a little bit about Ken before we formally welcome him to the show today. So Ken Rolla is a natural health educator and inventor from New Smyrna, oh, I can't say it, Smyrna, Smyrna Beach, <laughs> there we go, Florida, and has been teaching classes and retreats since 93 on rejuvenation, cellular regeneration, using raw and sprouted vegetarian foods, herbs, food-based natural supplements, detoxification, emotional healing, reprogramming of limiting unconscious beliefs, ancient esoteric techniques, and cutting-edge science. With a background in electrical engineering, physics, and computer science, for 23 years he worked at a variety of jobs in the medical industry, from the patient level to the national policy level. A cutting-edge researcher, Ken has studied with many pioneers in the natural health movement, including Gabriel Cousins, MD, Drs. Brian and Anna Maria Clement, uh, David Wolf, Dr. Robert Morris, Victorus Kalvinskas, <laughs> Brenda Cobbs, and many others. In 20. Oh five, Ken became certified as a natural health educator by Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida, and in 2006 was honored to work with Coretta Scott King, wife of the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Currently, Ken's focus is developing natural solutions for the new severe threats to our health, such as nuclear radiation, geoengineering pollutants, genetically modified foods and microorganisms, electromagnetic pollution, nanotechnology, biowarfare agents, depleted food, and other issues. Ken is also continuing to research the healing properties and benefits of pyramids, working with um, Dr. Samir Osmanagic, the archaeologist who discovered the largest pyramids in the world, to understand their healing properties. 
So check out some of the interviews uh, with Ken on Gaiam TV, Red Ice Radio, and elsewhere on the website www.freshandalive.com. Welcome, Ken. So excited to have you on the show. Likewise. It's always a pleasure talking with you, Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, I know you have uh, so many decades of experience in natural health, longer than me, and uh, some of these uh, energetic things, certainly things to do with EMF, radiation, 5G, biowarfare, all these things, we do not learn any of that in medical school, as you already know. Um, so I'm open and or willing engineering to Or engineering school. Or engineering school. Yeah, you know, and I love that, that you have that engineering background because, you know, uh, as the whole YouTube, Facebook, Instagram censorship has been going on as of, you know, April, May, especially 2020, um, folks are, you know, with PhDs and MDs are being discredited for their observations. They're being discredited for uh, being quacks, uh, being anti-vaxxers or, you know, conspiracy theorists. Um, but it's perfectly okay for uh, other news media who are not, who are, who are maybe journalists or, you know, but that are not MDs and not, you know, to, to actually uh, say things and not get criticized, which I always think is very interesting. Um, so it's great that you have the scientific background you have because you're not like some fluffy bunny syndrome person, right? Who's just like, oh, I'm all about healing and scalar energy. And, you know, like you know the hard science and you've actually created some really interesting devices that we're going to talk about today or where people can uh, empower themselves to stay healthier. Um, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of the other supplements or things that you recommend so people can stay healthier. But First of all, let's talk about you. How did you get to be where you are today, having all that stuff in the science background? Because that's not a natural evolution. No, no. It definitely was a long and winding weird road. But, um, you know, my, my whole life, even when I was a little kid, I just always wanted to understand the nature of things. And so when I was young, I was, you know, always curious and uh wasn't necessarily studious. Um, I mean, I did well in school and everything, but I was—I just wanted to understand things. And I was fortunate growing up that um, some of my best friends' parents were physicists and doctors and engineers and people that had a lot of uh, knowledge and credentials and things and taught me a lot of stuff. I had some really cool experiences as a kid. You know, uh, one of my best friends' father was a physicist at a research institute, and they had all kinds of cool technology and things that he would let me and his son come and play with. And so I was just always very interested in science and technology and that kind of stuff. And and also, um, I had many esoteric experiences in my life, uh, a lot of out-of-body experiences and a lot of uh, weird supernatural kinds of things, I guess you'd say, or extra-normal. And so it's kind of skewed my worldview about things. And so, um, so you know, I've always I'm interested in quantum physics, those kinds of things. So I've always had an interest in that. Then I go to engineering school, and I'm learning in engineering school, you know, where they're teaching about the physics and energy and matter and the nature of it all. And, and you know, things, there were phenomena in physics and engineering that were unexplained that they didn't understand. And so I would think about some things and come up with models and ideas on how they could work. And so, you know, I like when I was a 
I think a freshman or sophomore in college, I created a, a mathematical model uh, for how time and space works, and you know, presented to my professor, who was the chairman of the Department of Engineering at Arizona State University. And of course, he's looking at this, going, "Why do you even care about this? You should be worried about getting an A on your test." <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So I ran into a lot of mediocre minds, you know, along the way in my ah. education. And then also, I met some really amazing people, like Linus Pauling. Wow. Yeah, you know, multiple Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, and and so. You know, for example, when I met Linus Pauling, I, I showed him this mathematical model I've developed for time and space, and he looked at it. And all these other people in these schools that I went to, professors had dismissed it and was like, eh, we, you wouldn't care about this for. And Linus Pauling, who obviously was a superior intellect, says, wow, this is amazing. You should pursue this and expand on this and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been going to the wrong wow. schools. Yeah. So, <laughs> Talking about the wrong people. <laughs> so I... Uh, I, I came to realize, I mean, I grew up with around Duke University in North Carolina, and most of my friends' parents were, you know, had PhDs and stuff and various disciplines. And so, and I saw them at their homes and how a lot of them were and realized that just because you got a PhD doesn't mean you really know that much, and uh, it just means you've been through a lot of education. Mm. And so... So and I, you know, and I was always a class clown and a problem child. So I always questioned authority. I was taught, I was actually taught in school by teachers to question authority, and I did. And so it got me in a lot of trouble in college. You know, uh, I had run-ins with professors sometimes because I could see things they couldn't see, and it pissed them off. Um, but ultimately, you know, I got out of engineering school believing, you know, most of what I was taught, and. And, you know, got into computer science, and I got into the medical system, so I was working um, in technology jobs and computer science and IT jobs, working at hospitals and in laboratories and, uh, and in the North Carolina Hospital Association. I was there for 10 years, and I saw healthcare policy at the state and national levels and how things mm. work, you know, with uh, all of that. So I got, a, I got a lot of exposure to a lot of different things, and then ultimately when I was in that, in the medical system, um, you know, I was sick my whole life. Uh, I was really born with hypoglycemia and, you know, was known throughout my life, you know, if I didn't get enough sleep or if I didn't eat the right foods, then I would be like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And so in my 20s, it started becoming a problem, you know, because in my relationship with my wife and stuff, it's like, you know, it's like my health was dictating my mood and things. And just, mm -hmm. you know, so, so I sought out solutions for it. I went to our so-called wellness program at work, which was going to a hospital, and um, ultimately discovered that basically whatever medical professional I went to, they had the solution, and it was either drugs or surgery or psychiatry or something, you know. And, and it was so obvious that that wasn't the solution. So ultimately, I wound up bumping into a woman who had worked with Dr. Gabriel Cousins out of Arizona, who had a Living Foods uh, Healing Center, and had phenomenal results. And so she taught me how to do the Living Foods lifestyle and detoxification and that kind of stuff, and uh, wound up healing myself. And then, you know, that was the end of the story as far as I was concerned. But when I moved from North Carolina to Florida about 20 years ago, and I started making new friends, and they would come up to the house and see that we didn't have a television, and we didn't use the stove, and we <laughs> ate raw food, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, 
So people would ask, you know, what the heck's going on here? And they'd open up the fridge, and there's nothing but fresh produce and hardly any cans or boxes of anything. And so I'd wind up having to spend two, three hours explaining our lifestyle and, you know, what we were doing and everything. And so after a few times of doing that, I was complaining to a friend about, you know, God, I'm getting tired of people coming over the house because every time I do, I have to have a two, three-hour conversation. And so he said, well, you ought to do a workshop for all your friends and explain all this to them, and then that will get them off your back, you know. Mm. And so I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. So I did that, and I had about 15 people, and I did an all-day workshop and taught them everything I knew and, um, you know, went on, they went on their merry way, and I thought, great, now they'll leave me alone. But they went to old people, and so I wound up having to do another workshop, and it was twice the size of the first one. And <laughs> they went and told people. So it just exploded. People kept telling other people, and I kept having to do larger and larger workshops. Wow. And it got to be where I was having 100 people in my house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so, amazing. So that was, yeah, that was how it started. And then I, uh, I was... By that time, I had gotten out of IT work, and I, I quit all my corporate jobs, and I became a potter, and I was making pottery for a living. And then when 9-11 happened, the pottery business tanked, and the uh, raw food classes and stuff were going gangbusters. So hmm. I just figured, well, what the heck, you know, I'll just do this. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And then with my background in engineering and my interest in physics and science and stuff, I, I was seeing things in solutions that other people weren't seeing and so um so it gave me a different perspective on things and i wound up developing a lot of unusual therapies and techniques and things that work better than what i'd been taught so that's kind of how it evolved and uh, and then as you know these threats to our health evolved as well because i'm background in engineering I was able to find either find or create solutions for things like EMF. You know, initially it was like EMF, cell phones, that kind of stuff. And then it's, oh, bioweapons, you know, genetically modified food and genetically modified microbes and, um, and then nuclear fallout, you know, with Fukushima and uh, chemtrails and on and on and on, you know. And so, so I wound up developing solutions for all these or finding solutions and kind of putting packages of solutions together for people, and I've been teaching ever since on you know how to do that, how to protect yourself from all of these different threats. Mm, that is uh, fascinating and amazing, and uh, I can totally see how, you know, having that science background, that left brain uh, approach to things, but also that part of you that sees something different out of the box, that's your, that right brain intuitive part that you've really done what a lot of, you know, spiritual teachers talk about is using a whole brain approach um, to be able to, to use yeah. all aspects of consciousness and your intellect for positive things. Yeah. That's very true. When I've actually done tests like brain mapping tests showing, you know, the right and left hemisphere hemisphere use, my right and left hemispheres are balanced. So mm. I can on the one hand sit down and do heavy duty analytical, you know, math or science, but then I can also go back and meditate and pull in answers from the cosmos. And I do that all the time. I'm constantly I've constantly got a conversation going on in my head with guides and <laughs> ETs and all kinds of stuff. I love it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, that's certainly going to be in alignment with uh, pretty much all of my tribe. 
as well. So they'll be really happy to to see someone who's uh, not not just doing that, but also highly highly functional and and also making a difference in the world. So. So thank you, first of all, for, for mm. playing that role for us. Um, let's go and talk a little bit about some of these, uh, what we call threats to our health and well-being. Um, mm. and, and, and by threat, and I also want to just couch that to term for the folks listening to me, is I have this belief, and I think, Ken, you probably do as well, but I have this belief that no matter what, the threat is to our biological systems or how you know health that there are always solutions to that and and in some cases maybe an evolution of our own bodies energetically and physically um, however it does require conscious effort uh, to, for now you know as we evolve so in the meantime before we can get to that snap your fingers and you can levitate you know or tra- uh, transmute uh, things um, for everyone on earth uh, we have tools and uh, we're going to talk about some of those tools today so let's talk about some of the threats first Ken um, let's start with uh, let's start with chemtrails so first of all is there any proof that there is such a thing as chemtrails because people say no 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 that's water vapor you know in the air um, there's you know studies showing that's not really chemtrails uh, yet you know right here in the Adirondack upstate New York in the country uh, one of my patients has acres and acres of uh, forest that suddenly died of mold mm-hmm. and he couldn't explain exactly. it the tree guy could not explain it that and happened. when I muscle tested it was it was supposedly chemtrails yeah, exactly. That's happened in Florida as well. There are a lot of species of plants dying off. I've seen it on my own property. I've got five acres of land, and <clears throat> you see certain species just dying off, like the live oaks, uh, because of the chemtrailing in them. And it, there are several things that occur. Um, they spill aluminum powders, and it gets in the soil, and it blocks nutrient uptake, and then the plants uh, starve to death. Um, and then, of course, it also gets on their leaves and, and blocks uh, light intake and all kinds of things. But it also weakens, before you see that going on, it weakens the plants, and then they get um, parasites and molds and fungi and those kinds of things coming in because that's nature's mm-hmm. way of cleaning up the weak. So, yeah, and it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not only extremely verifiable. Um, when you use the term chemtrails, of course, that term is considered conspiratorial. But what scientists are calling it, which is geoengineering, not only is there volumes and volumes of public information from reputable sources online now, you can actually get a doctorate degree in geoengineering from universities like Harvard or Oxford or University of uh, Nevada, Reno, and several others, Cornell, I think some others have degrees now in geoengineering. Um, and they talk about what they're doing. They're spraying metal aerosols in the atmosphere. They're spraying acids in the atmosphere. And then covertly, this has been proven by several different organizations um, and individuals like the Carnicom Institute and Dr. Len Horowitz and a bunch of other people that there are also genetically modified bioweapons that are being sprayed sometimes out of these um, these so-called geoengineering planes or chemtrail planes. And um, you normally, when you see these planes spraying unofficially, um, they will show up. Of course, you can look up and see them in the sky, and you'll see these aerosols come out, and they spread and create these artificial cloud-like structures. 
Um, but then those planes won't show up on radar. When you go online and you know look out your own backyard and then go online and look live radar for air traffic, which you know it'll show all traffic in the area. The planes that are spraying these um, metal aerosols will not show up on radar, and they don't have any transponder codes or anything like that, which means they're either military or something else covert. Um, but it's very much not a conspiracy theory, um, particularly if you look up geoengineering. Uh, there's a website, for example, geoengineeringwatch.org, which highly documents the not only the spraying that's going on and the projects that are going on, the motivations behind it, but also they list hundreds of patents on the technology and stuff. And there are conferences by the geoengineering scientists. They've even gotten on, um, there's one guy in particular named, um, I think it's David Keith, who um, is a Harvard professor who's in charge of their geoengineering program. He's been on mainstream programs like Colbert Report and you know, mainstream TV shows talking about the need to use this technology. And it's all a smokescreen for other things because what they claim they're doing with this geoengineering aerosol spraying is to mimic what happens with volcanoes. When a volcano erupts, it shoots up millions and millions of cubic yards of uh, ash that goes in the atmosphere and it blocks the sun and it lowers the uh, surface temperature of the earth and therefore it Im um, improves things. But volcanic eruptions are very beneficial because number one, they're, they're mineralizing the soil for thousands of miles around and they do block the sunlight which will lower the temperature in a localized area, but then it doesn't spread globally, and so it doesn't create this blanket around the earth that creates an insulation blanket at night, and so therefore you don't get the negative effects that you do with the, the chemtrailing of the geoengineering. When they're spraying these metal particulates, they are so light and they stay up in the air for so long that they not only block sunlight, they act like an insulation barrier in the uh, ionosphere, and they will... Um, create a, a they'll, they'll insulate the atmosphere and create heat at night time. And so the, the net effect overall is not cooling. So it's not doing what, what um, volcanic ash will do. And so therefore, you know, if you were truly interested in using the volcanic ash effect, why wouldn't you spray rock powders in the atmosphere that are incredibly cheap and beneficial to the earth rather than spraying toxic metals that poison and kill everything? And by the way, aluminum specifically blocks the uptake of nutrients and plant roots. So when you spray these metals, it goes down, rainwater washes it down into the soil, and it blocks nutrient uptake in plants. And then you see these die-offs of huge numbers of plants. And then also aluminum is a fire accelerant. And so when you spray it on all these you know, plants, then you have much worse forest fires. That's exactly what we're seeing around the world. Um, there's a lot of different, different things going on with this. Um, wow, that's yeah, so that's really interesting. It's not a conspiracy. Well, and and, and the um, uh, it's really interesting too. You talked about the the planes being not on radar because we can see the planes <laughs> with our naked eyes. Right, that's it. I mean, um, as you know, I developed a device uh, called the Home Shield that you can put outdoors, and it will clear a 75 mile radius of this junk, and not just the you know the geoengineering pollutants, but all air pollution. And so when you do that, it balances the charge in the atmosphere and you get normalized weather. Well, so when I first put mine out, 
um, I did not see one chemtrail for nine months. And it wasn't that they weren't spraying. It's because this was back in 2012. Back in those days when they did the spraying, they just sprayed these metal aerosols. Well, nowadays they use it in conjunction with a technology, an energetic technology called interferometry, scalar interferometry. And so it used to be that they had, and they still have these land-based scalar towers, these antennas that broadcast these scalar waves out into different areas. And so they can bombard an area with scalar waves while they're doing the geoengineering spraying, and it will make the, the spraying hang in the sky much, much longer. But my device would stop that. And so, um, so initially, when I first put my first device out, like we had literally like 18 planes over my house spraying just continually. And, then it, and it didn't work, because as soon as the stuff come out of the plane, it would just disappear because that's what my does. It actually sends the stuff out into space. And so nice. um, so then they, yeah, and so oh, this is great. Well, then they came in interferometers. But the point being is that if you're in an area where there's either natural geological formations uh, like volcanic mountains or other things or somebody's building cloud busters or whatever, some of these air devices, if it's clearing this stuff, then you will see them come with a vengeance and spray heavily and use interferometers to make this stuff hang in the sky longer. And so um, so that's part of what's going on when you see, you know, you look up in the sky and you see 18 planes up there and then you go to radar and there's none of them showing up on radar. Obviously something's going on there. So why, it's so weird that it, the geoengineering is right there in plain sight. You know, you can search it on the internet, like you said, and find that, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. There's there degrees in it. But, w like, why would they need to be covert, right, if it was okay, <laughs> if it was healthy, if it was safe? Like, I don't understand why it would have to be covert and not show up on radar or not, well, you know. Well, David Keith, the one of the major proponents of geoengineering is the Harvard professor promoting this stuff. He admitted publicly, he said, look, we know this is insane. We, we don't want to do it, but we feel like we have to do it, blah, blah, blah. But and he said for many years we were doing this, but we didn't go public because we knew that the public, there would be an, a backlash, an outcry. And so, so they've been doing this PR campaign around oh, global okay. warming and all stuff. They've been right. pushing this agenda for years and years and years to get people used to the idea that, oh my God, we've got to do something. And then so that when they come in with the geoengineering concept, even though it's insane to try and get rid of acid rain by spraying acid in the atmosphere, how does that make sense, right? But <laughs> there, there'll be more. <laughs> it's so nuts what they're doing. But they'll, people will be more receptive because they're, it's like the pandemic. It's like, oh, well, you know, we don't want to do this, but there's a pandemic. We well, we don't to. want to do the spraying, but there's global warming. So what are we going to do, right? And the mm. truth is we could fix it all by introducing free energy and cleaning up our planet and our atmosphere, and we wouldn't need to do any of this stuff. And even if we did to do the spraying, we should be doing it with rock powders, not with metal aerosols. Yeah, rock powders sense. are healing to the earth. Mm. Yeah. And it's been proven. It's not. This is not conjecture. It's been proven. You know, there was a, a man named Victor Schauberger in Austria in the early 1900s who figured a lot of this stuff out. And his son uh, started a program for spraying rock powder around Austria and Germany to improve agriculture and to help forests that were dying off. And of course, to nobody's prize, 
the just spraying some rock powders over these forests that were dying off brought them back to life. Wow. So it's been proven. It's not conjecture. You know, the, the, there are lies upon lies being spun around all of this stuff, and there are other agendas than what they're talking about publicly. And because of the circles that I swim in, I meet people in the NSA and the CIA and the military, and sometimes they even call me up, you know, trying to figure out what I know and what I don't know. Oh, <laughs> so, interesting. <laughs> death threats and stuff. my wife and I've had to go into hiding over some of the technologies I've developed. Um, so there's a whole world out there of stuff going on that most people have no idea about. Mm. And I think the good thing about this pandemic is it's waking people up to that fact. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, speaking of aluminum for a minute here, um, I know we weren't going to talk about vaccines, but I'm sure you're knowledgeable in this area as well. Um, some, you know, uh, pro-vaxxers, I don't know what to call them. They call us anti-vaxxers. I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm in a pro-choice person. So if somebody Pro wants health. to get a vaccine, you know, if they really, because like, I think, you know, if you really believe, you know, it's going to help you in your heart of hearts, then I'm like, by all means, you know what I mean? Get the vaccine. Right. Um, who am I yeah. to tell you what to do, right? But anyway, so I'm, I say I'm pro-choice. Uh, so so the, the counter-argument, because people have seen some of the YouTube videos where, you know, they put uh, mercury near a nerve cell and see it completely, you know, destroyed in a matter of seconds. And they say, hey, thimerosal is not the same kind of mercury that's harmful to the body. And the, the aluminum that we use in vaccines is not the kind of aluminum salt or whatever that is harmful for humans. So I'm just curious if you have some sort of, you know, advice around that or, or well, information. Well, you have to look at is who's doing the science and who's funding it. Because you can prove anything with fallacious science, you know, and there's a lot of it these days. I mean, I, I know when I was in engineering school and I had solutions for stuff in engineering school and I went to my professors and said, oh, you know, why don't we do something with this and this? And they said, well, there's no funding for it. <laughs> there's no funding right. for it. Right, there's no um, funding for it. Yep, nobody every, wants to fund that. Yep. Right, and so, so when you look at the reason that a lot of people don't trust science these days is not because people are anti-science, because people are getting realizing that there's so much shill science that's being done. You know, for example, Dr. George Carlo, he was a scientist who was hired by the cigarette industry to prove that cigarettes weren't harmful, and he did. He did lots of science, and um, you know, to show that cigarettes weren't harmful, and that that worked for decades before you know there was finally such a gigantic preponderance of evidence to the contrary that. It, uh, finally, the attorney generals of the state, various states sued the tobacco industry. But, you know, look at how many decades of misery and death that it took to get to that point. And it's the same thing with a lot of this stuff. And you've got these agendas and profit motives behind uh, these various technologies, and there's multiple agendas behind them. Then there are also, you know, some of these organizations have billions and trillions of dollars and so they got money to fund a lot of shill science, a lot of fake science, proving whatever. And so this is why it's very important, particularly for your audience. You know, you've got an audience of people who are intuitive and meditating and developing their intuition and that kind of stuff. And I think that's the most important thing, no matter what you or I say or anybody else. It's like right. people should trust their own intuition on things and meditate on these things. And if you do, you'll get the answers that you need. And so with aluminum in the brain, there's plenty of science that has shown that aluminum in the brain causes all sorts of neuromuscular problems and, and also in the in other tissue in the body. And so 
and also it more and more and more evidence is coming out that the drug industry has not done the science they claim that they did and um, are lying about a lot of things. And so you have to take that into consideration when you listen to somebody saying that the thimerosal, that the mercury and aluminum thimerosal is not harmful. You've got to look at who's saying that, who's funding them, you know. Mm. Well, um, it, yeah, they're just saying, oh, it's a different chemical form. It's not you know, methyl mercury versus ethyl mercury, you know, all this kind of stuff. I can't even remember right. uh, off the top of my head. But um, it, it calls for very, um, it's very confusing to the average consumer mm-hmm. to know who to Well, and it's like a lot of things. It's, it's like who gets sick from the pandemic. You know, one of the things I was told, there, there are a lot of cofactors. You know, there are a lot of cofactors right. that go into anybody getting sick from anything. And so it's like I was told by this military contact I have, that there are actually two COVID viruses. There, there's a you know a, a GMO weaponized version and, a, and an unweaponized version, and the people that die are the ones that are getting a weaponized version. And I can tell you, I've been hit by bugs like that. And one time I got one, and I was laying in bed coughing up blood for two weeks. And another time, and I and I told my wife at the time, I said, you know, if I was older, I could die from this. If I didn't know the protocols that I have to deal with this, this could kill me. And then another time, I couldn't walk for a week, you know, from these oh GMO gosh. bugs. And how do I know? Yeah, and how do I know they're GMO bugs? Because I'm fortunate that I've got a quantum biofeedback practitioner in the area who can hook me up to her machine, and it can identify these things. So I'm not, you know, just making stuff up in my head. Um, but at any rate, you know, whether it's aluminum in the brain or COVID-19 or whatever it is, increasingly the lies and the fraud are coming out from these institutions that we're supposed to be trusting. You know, it's been shown for decades that these regulatory agencies like the FDA and the USDA, CDC, WHO. Yeah, exactly. They're all, they have revolving doors with people working in the drug industries and and the the corporations that they're supposed to be regulating. They're hiring their former executives and such. And if you look at uh, WHO, for example, the head of WHO is um, from Ethiopia, and China is a gigantic contributor to the economic infrastructure in Ethiopia. And so this guy doesn't want to damage that. And so he's towing the line of the Chinese Communist Party with all the information coming out from them regarding COVID. And so when you when you dig and look at these unholy alliances and the shill science and all of that, you, then you have to use discernment uh, and also find other sources that you can trust for information. And, and that's what I do for a living is I do the dirt. I do the digging. I've got mountains and mountains and mountains of evidence on what's going on with the COVID uh, pandemic, what's really going on. And I'm going to be presenting that in a webinar soon so that people can see the facts. For example, like um, you know, Dr. Luc Montagnier, Nobel Prize winner mm-hmm. who discovered the HIV virus, one of the top virologists in the world, confirmed months ago that COVID was a genetically modified bioweapon. And, of course, you cannot find it anywhere in the search engines, right? Unless you know where to look, you can't find it. And then one of the other top U.S. virologists that he works with, uh, I don't remember her name, Dr. G, somebody, she came out recently in a, a documentary about the pandemic called, oh, Dr. Judy the documentary is called Plandemic. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, they, all people are like, oh, yeah, she's discredited. She, you know, was charged with this. Yeah, and exactly. That. Yep. Yeah. And all the labs, that, the genetic labs around the world that did analysis on COVID and said that they were also bioweapons, every last one of them was discredited and they were forced, probably under threat of death, to retract their studies, right? This is how the world works. So if you think you're living in the land of Ozzy and Harriet and things are like it was on TV in the 1950s and 60s, you're living in a fantasy world. The way the world really works is even if you're a legitimate scientist or whoever exposing what's really going on, what happens is somebody shows up at your doorstep and says, we will kill you if you don't stop doing what you're doing. I've had that happen to me multiple times. You know, if I've had to go into hiding with my wife, um, I've had tons of friends killed back in the 90s when I worked free energy technology trying to get that out to the public. Um, this is the way the world works. Mm-hmm. I've had a friend who was a medical doctor in Atlanta who tried to get, uh, she wrote a book on the dangers of breast implants, even though she's a surgeon and she puts them in as well as remove them, and she's not anti-breast implants, but there are particular kinds that were dangerous. So she wrote a book about it, and the largest manufacturer of breast implants in the world tried to assassinate her. And the only reason wow. that she found out and survived was because she happened to have an ex-CIA agent working in her clinic who saved her and then called in some favors to find out what was going on and tracked it down. So this is the world that we live in now, and people need to wake up to it and, and develop discernment and know to look for other sources than mainstream news and official government agencies because the official government agencies are all liars. They're all liars. They all have uh, incestuous relationships with the industries they're supposed to regulate, and the it's not difficult to go and look at it. When you go and look at who's on the board of various media uh, uh, outlets, and then you go and look on the, find them on the same board of drug companies and you know, other industries, it's mm-hmm. pretty easy to see. Well, the, the movie, the Jeff Hayes about. film, Bot, was one of the one documentaries that I watched that showed this the revolving door thing. And, and they did it with animation, mm-hmm. and I really like cartoons. So, <laughs> so it was really quite yeah. entertaining. Um, and I was, it was, it's actually, that movie is actually required as part of my Topican Healing Level 2 Practitioner Certification Training. I mean, they get all sorts of fun things to watch, but that's one of the things. They just need to understand, you know, what's going on. And right. uh, one of the students said, I can't find the movie. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? So I'm on Google, and I'm searching and searching and searching, and I'm like, I can't find it either. <laughs> you know, exactly. so I contact Jeff Hayes on Facebook. I'm like, Where's your movie? It's it's part of what you know the 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 you know the the curriculum. He goes, oh, I don't know. People keep putting it up on YouTube, <laughs> and he doesn't. He's fine <laughs> about it. He didn't care about plagiarism. He's like, oh, people keep putting it on YouTube. And so I finally did find a YouTube you know a link to it. Uh, but then I went to DuckDuckGo the other day, and right there at the top, there it is. Now of course that yeah. might be an ad, but the the point is is that it was right at the top. It was so easy for me to find, um, right. and I was like, wait a second. I just spent 20 minutes searching on Google and couldn't find it, and here it is at the top of DuckDuckGo, you know? Uh, okay. So that was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but that, but that's yeah, so that, great exactly. to, to tell, say exactly what you're talking about, this revolving door of industry, politics, and who plays off who, and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of crazy once you watch the film. Yeah. And to bring up a good point, too, about the censorship, that people are starting to catch on, that, you know, Google and YouTube and social media are heavily censored now. Um, 
and it, it's funny when I do interviews like on a radio and stuff, and people call in and they go, do you know that your content is being blacklisted on Facebook? You can't post anything from your website on Facebook. It's like, yes, I'm very well aware. <laughs> We've been, we, it's like my websites and my content and my YouTube channel have been blacklisted by you know, everybody. Facebook, all the social media sites, Google, you know, unless you search on specific keywords, my name in it, it just doesn't show up. We had our YouTube channel died. It was growing faster than my mailing list. And then wow. somebody noticed. And not only did our subscribes stop, but they started going negative. We started having people unsubscribing, right? And it was because YouTube was unsubscribing people. People would email us and say, hey, I got unsubscribed, and I didn't do it. You know? Wow. So this is what's happening, not just to me, but this is happening to anybody who has really empowering information. And so one of the criteria people should use for knowing whether or not to trust somebody is, are they being threatened? Are they being banned? Are they being blacklisted and shadow banned? If they are, they're probably a good source of information. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of my uh, Facebook followers said something about, oh, one of your posts got censored or whatever. So congratulations, you've made it to MSM. And I didn't even know what she was yeah. talking about. What is MSM? Uh, to yeah. me, it's methylsafonol method. Uh, the mainstream <laughs> media. Oh, mainstream yeah, exactly. media. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's uh, you know, I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much small potatoes, you know, compared to you and Darius and, you know, other people. And um, uh, however, however, I, I just started to go to mewe.com just to experiment with, um, you know, just, doing social media there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I mean, ultimately what, you know, Google and YouTube and such are putting nails in their own coffin, and they know it, but they're so desperate they're doing it anyway because the YouTube has specifically said they basically want YouTube to become what television used to be, where there's no real good information there. It's just entertainment and, and BS and you know, Hollywood celebrities and that kind of stuff. And so all of the cool kids have pretty much moved away from YouTube to other platforms mm -hmm. like uh, BitChute or Brideon uh, or other yeah. uncensored video platforms. Even um, Vimeo has been um, banning people like uh, the Plandemic video that was on yep. their website, which I noticed was hosted on Vimeo. It disappeared within 24 hours of being posted. So people need to understand the censorship's going on and start looking to these other platforms, particularly, I would say, if you're looking for videos, bitchute.com and brighton, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N.com. Those two good ones for finding uncensored videos. And you have to understand, you know, with uh, the lack of censorship comes <laughs> a lot of other crazy stuff. So you may see things on there that you don't like, but... Um, Mm. But you don't have to join those groups, you know. Right, uh, exactly. You don't have to watch those videos. So it's all about, you know, that discernment. And uh, you know, when we get into yeah. that place of meditation, higher consciousness, and stillness, that we get guided naturally to certain things. Like there are yeah. certain things that people send me, and I'm like, nah. You know, and other times people send me, and I click right away and watch because I just there's a part of me that just knows. Watch this. You know, like I don't even have yeah. to think. I don't even have to muscle test. Sometimes, you know, just you know, just that inner voice just is this and it's very subtle there's no fanfare there's no drama you know people think intuition is like don't do that that's bad no that's not intuition that's your ego <laughs> mm -hmm. intuition is more like that's what I love about your work Karen and your work is so important because 
the, you know, if we want to change this world for the better, the most important thing that we've got to do is shift consciousness. And that means first shift our own consciousness mm. and then help others to shift their consciousness. It's not, you know, technology. It's not the, any of these things, these physical things that I'm selling and focusing on. You know, those are solutions in 3D reality. But the most important thing, if we want to change ourselves and change the world for the better, is shifting consciousness, meditation, discernment, these very things you're teaching. These are the most important things. And they're also very often the least valued by people. But it, it's true. It's like, you know, on the one hand, yes, I'm heavily trained in empirical methods and the scientific method and all that. And I like certain validation from that end. But before I ever get there, I always, like, if I'm testing a new supplement or whatever, new technology, whatever, what starts in first is intuition. I'm looking at who's involved with this. What's the level of consciousness with this? I'm reading the energetics of it. I'm reading the mm. consciousness of all. Or I'm getting downloads, you know. I'm meditating and getting downloads about stuff and going, oh, look here, look there, do this, do that. Way before I ever sit down and do any kind of lab test or anything like that, the only reason I really do the, the, the scientific testing is for validation for other people. You know, other people want to see it. But I know it's right. like when I'm deciding on supplements, I look at a particular supplement and I, I can tell right away from looking at it what's going on. I could meditate on it and, and find out whether or not to put it on my website. But I then I go and do the testing. And every time the testing validates my intuition. So that's we great. all have to learn to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you for saying that. That's, that's awesome. Very inspirational. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about 5G. I know that there was, uh, you know, our friend uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan's uh, video, which uh, apparently went viral. I didn't catch it before it was pulled off. <laughs> uh, you know, I, get, I didn't even know what it said, but my, my chiropractor said that he did not say that 5G caused the COVID vi virus. Uh, she said that um, there is a link or association, correlation, uh, between the the you know um, every time we have some sort of increase in electromagnetic radiation through various human-made devices, that there seems to be a pandemic related to that. Now I wasn't watching the movie, but I've seen other articles related to that. Um, so your thoughts on on you know 5G and uh, you know is it harmful? Is it safe? Uh, what does that have anything to do with the COVID-19 virus, if anything? Yeah, yeah, that's a really really good question and a very valid point that he makes about 5G because I was getting those emails from people too, you know, saying there is no coronavirus, it's just 5G causing all this pandemic. And um, so because of my own personal experience, I know, for example, that skater weapons can indeed create not only the symptoms of a bacterial or viral or parasitic infection, it can actually create the physical pathogens in the body. Um, because years ago, uh, because of the stuff that I was doing in teaching, technologies I was developing, working with free energy technology, um, and other things, I was getting hit with energy weapons and bioweapons, and I had to figure out how to survive it and deal with it. And also, you know, the way spirit works, it's like I've ha had all these synchronicities happen that exposed what was going on. And so uh, I discovered, for example, on a couple of occasions, that existing cell towers, forget about 5G, 
but even 4G cell phone towers, they've got military technology on them. They've got some kind of uh, uh, military antennas on them and not just conventional electromagnetic, but they've got scalar uh, energy technologies on them. And so scalar technology, scalar energy is a form of subtle energy that is it's basically superluminal light. It's light energy that's traveling millions of times faster than the conventional speed of light. And, and in, in many cases, it even acts kind of instantaneously because really this whole 3D physical reality and even the electromagnetic spectrum of energy and, and other dimensions of time and space, it's all created by this ocean of light that we're immersed in. And it's what fills so-called empty space. Empty space is actually full of huge amounts of this light energy. And it's, so, it's traveling so fast that it appears invisible to us and to our instruments. And so people call it dark energy or dark matter or whatever. But in fact, empty space is full of this energy. And it slows down, coagulates into our 3D reality. And so all matter and, and electromagnetic energy is made of this. So you can affect electromagnetic energy with scalar energy. Um, and you can affect scalar energy with scalar energy. But it's, you can't really affect scalar energy with electromagnetic. So anyway, what that means is with these cell towers and 5G and everything, that I've seen um, evidence in my own life, um, and, and also I've got access to scalar technologies that can diagnose and look at what's going on in the body at a great level of detail. It can look at uh, what's going on chemically, energetically, electromagnetically, electrically. It can look at um, pathogens in the body. It can see if there's heavy metals or disease, all kinds of things. Uh, this technology is called quantum biofeedback. And um, it, can, it works vibrationally from the concept that all matter, if you look at all the elements on the periodic chart, at the subatomic level, all elements vibrate, and each right. element has a different frequency. So, for example, hydrogen has a certain frequency, oxygen has a certain frequency, and if you combine two molecules of hydrogen with one molecule, excuse me, atom of uh, hydrogen with, with oxygen, you get an H2O molecule and it has an overall resonant frequency that you can identify it with. And so in that way, you can look at the body at any level of granularity and look at, you can look at atoms or um, and elements or you can look at um, compounds or molecules or organs or cells or organ systems at any level of scale and see what's going on with these devices. And so in this way you can determine if 5G or some kind of energetic technology is having an effect on a, a living being and you can look at other things physical. You can see if that something is physical, mm. if it's viral, if it's bacterial, if it's a parasite or a pathogen or a heavy metal or EMF, or nuclear radiation. And interestingly enough, I've three times I have been, I've ingested hot radioactive particles on my food and had to figure out how to deal with that. Wow, and wow. So That's crazy. And so quantum biofeedback, oh, I know, I mean, I'm never going to volunteer for radiation poisoning, so spirit kind of throws it at me, and then I have to deal with it and figure it out. And then once I figure it out, then I teach people about it. So, yeah, three times I got radiation poisoning, and and figured out how to deal with it. So quantum biofeedback is one method. But at any rate, with 5G and this wireless technology, there's a lot of confusion first around 5G technology itself because there are actually three, 
three frequency bands that are used in 5G technology depending on the application. There's a low band, mid-range band, and a high band. And it's been determined by Department of Defense studies and military studies that particular frequencies of these, well, first of all, the frequencies overall, they definitely have been proven in various um, studies, including military stuff, <clears throat> that they're harmful to living organisms. There's no question about that. They use what's called millimeter wave frequencies, which are um, they're extremely um, high frequency, very short um, wavelength. And because they're very short wavelengths, don't have a lot of power behind them. And so with 5G, you've got to put little me towers about every 500, 600 yards to rebroadcast signal because the signal is so weak. Oh, but the reason okay. that they're using, yeah, the reason they're using these frequencies is because in order to r radically increase the amount of data that can be sent um, in a given moment, you have to have much higher frequencies. So this is the reason they're using it. It's about bandwidth, about data bandwidth. Um, but since the signal is weaker, you have to have the signal repeated every 500, 600 yards. And then that's combined with uh, a satellite system that right now they're saying is about 60,000 satellites that are going to be put up into the in space. Um, and they're well on the way you know, towards doing that. Um, but at any rate, it's a combination of the satellite-based technology and these ground towers, and they do what's called beam forming when they send these signals. Um, a normal cell tower, you know, sitting out there in the open, broadcasting in all directions, and any receiver, any cell phone that gets within its field, pick up the signal and they start talking to each other. Well, with 5G, it doesn't work that way. With 5G, because the frequency is so weak. They have to do what's called beam forming, where they send a narrow uh, band of, of waves, about a 15-degree radius um, directed wave, rather than just broadcasting in all directions, to the recipient. And so, so what it's really doing is, is constant polling this, with this beam swirling around uh, looking for devices, and then the same thing with the devices. They're doing this, and then they finally contact each other. And then once they make contact, then they send a very narrow beam of energy, but it's very high frequency. And these frequencies have been shown by DOD studies and others to be very damaging to living organisms, but particularly the 18 gigahertz and the 60 gigahertz frequency range. The, 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 three, the, fi the 5G band ranges from about 5 or 6 gigahertz up to 300 gigahertz. At 18 gigahertz, it's been shown in studies that the 18 gigahertz frequency causes electroporation, which means the pores on cell membranes open up. And that will allow a toxin or a pathogen like, hey, guess what, COVID-19 or whatever, to more easily mm. enter the cells. Right. So you've got that. And then the 60 gigahertz frequency range causes uh, the cells to, uh, it actually resonates with the frequency of oxygen, and it starves the cells of oxygen. So those two frequencies, 80 gigahertz and 60 gigahertz, can be used in conjunction with, for example, a pandemic. If you've got a virus going around, if you wanted to 
kill off more people, you hit them with 18 gigahertz frequency, and it's going to open up the pores in the cells, and the virus is going to be able to get into the cells more easily and infect the person and kill them more easily or make them sick. Mm. And then hey, 60 hold gigahertz. Up. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that 60 gigahertz is going to starve the body of oxygen at a cellular level, and so you can weaken people's immune systems or even kill them with that. And so... Um, my impression from my conversations with people in the military and these alphabet agencies is that um, these are not fully implemented yet by far. There's still many, many more satellites that need to go up over the next couple of years, but there are certain markets where these 5G towers are in place, and there are all the other stuff in place, some of it scalar, some of it 5G, and of course it's all covert, so people aren't talking about if if they're using scatter technology on a population, they're not going to talk about that. And, of course, even at 5G, they're not going to admit that 5G is having these effects, uh, if it is. And so, so you've got a lot of confusion about, first of all, what the technology is, what its effects are on people, and how it's being used. And but the reality is it can most definitely be used for population reduction, for suppressing consciousness, for making people more complacent and lack of energy, and on and on and on. Mm. Or if you have a pandemic and you want to wipe more people out, you kick those technologies on and you're definitely going to kill more people. Wow. Yeah, and uh, we're, uh, one of the interesting things is throughout the the few years since I've been doing the work that I'm doing, I remember one time it was like New Year's Eve. I was, I think, I think it was in the tub or something because I had this horrible headache. <laughs> like I call it a pineal gland headache, but it was this horrible headache. And thankfully, I don't get those too often anymore. But um, I was like, what the heck is going on, right? And so it, it, I get the weirdest answers, and I was like, what? You know, it was something like, you know, something's piggybacking on the cell towers, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, what do I do? You know, so it's like, you know, change it, delete it, you know. So it, entities were involved, and I was like, wow. You know, and I never really thought about that, you know. Uh, but it's funny how if I go into stillness, sometimes the, the word or the thought or the vision comes in, uh, and then I ask the question, and then I muscle test it. So that's in alignment with, you know, some of the things that you're revealing today of, of of what it actually can go on. And here's the really neat thing, and, and some of my people that are in Topican Healing Level 1 and Level 2 know this. I was telling them about how um, many months ago, uh, I kept getting for clients and for group uh, training, and so I kept getting on my charts, I have various different charts, we muscle test like what, you know, what needs to heal, and I kept getting oxygen, and I'm like, oxygen? Of the positive morphic field of oxygen is needed. I'm like, okay, you know, so we download oxygen, right? Great. Next person, oxygen. I'm like, oxygen? Really? You know? <laughs> so I just kept doing. It. I was like, okay, this is really crazy. I said, so I'm asking, okay, so why? What is it with oxygen, right? And uh, so this was a parallel timeline. In that particular instance, I got there was a parallel timeline where humans had created some sort of um, device or devices um, that messed with oxygen and I was like okay I have no idea what that means but you know so we did healing around that and then it stopped uh, that, that I mean that the plethora of you know requests for oxygen stopped so I think it's so interesting now with the information that you're talking about that I've been listening to and reading about the whole oxygen thing uh, and that totally makes sense retrospectively on, you know, what, I mean, 
there's a parallel timeline, so we could be, you know, on that way. On the other hand, we have a cho we have choice points. We have a choice points along the way, so we don't have to manifest that particular reality uh, where yeah. 5G causes that right. particular issue. And your intuition is spot on too, Karen, because. Um, you know, I'm kind of in the same way. I meditate and I get all these ideas and stuff comes in and also opportunities and things come my way right when needed and such. And so along with the things that we already know about like um, supplements and food and all those things to build immune system and get oxygen into the body, you know, because, for example, chlorophyll is really good at bringing oxygen into the mm -hmm. body and the cells. There are exceptional technologies now that were not available even a year or two ago that we can utilize now to bring oxygen into the bodies and counteract these effects from these um, technologies. So, for example, there have come about a bunch of portable pocket-sized Rife machines that you can get now that are amazing. They're skater energy devices that can impart frequencies of oxygen or anything else into the body. I mean, these devices are amazing. They can do everything from oxygenate the body. And the cool thing is because it's energetic, it's using a frequency. It can actually impart right. more oxygen than is chemically possible. Yep. So... Um, so yeah, I've, got, I've got this little pot-sized, yeah. And this is something that I'm going to be doing a webinar on soon is the specifics of these devices. And people can email uh, my staff at, through freshandalive.com. And, uh, you know, I've written this stuff up. So if people want to know specific sources for, like, portable rife machines uh, at different price ranges that can do this kind of stuff, we can, we can let people know about it. Mm. Um, so we always... You know, it goes back to what you were saying at the very beginning of the show out that you believe that we always have solutions. And I believe the same thing because the trump card that we have, and there's scientific evidence for this actually, but the one trump card that we have over whatever comes our way is that consciousness creates reality. Mm. And so consciousness is a form of skater energy. It's light it's superluminal light and has polarity in charge. And so the polarities in charge of this consciousness energy that's creating these problems always simultaneously comes with opposite polarities that are creating solutions. So there's brilliant people out there that are creating the solutions for what these problems are while the problems are being created. And so we just have to navigate our way and find these. And the more that you raise your frequency and meditate, do these things to take care of yourself, the more you'll come in contact with these solutions. It, it's like I can't tell you how many times I've been out during this pandemic in places like Home Depot or whatever, and uh, I'll give, like, the people working at Home Depot, I'll give them my card and say, listen, you know, I've got multiple cures for COVID. Um, here you go. And, wow, uh, you're you know, brave. you'll email <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I don't do it online, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it with individuals. And I say, look, we've got multiple cures for COVID, and here, take this card, and um, and the, you know, and email me, and my staff will give you the, the information. And um, uh, and what's interesting is that the people are receptive or not based on their programming, you know. And yeah, absolutely. So, the more conscious people are like, oh, wow, thank you, and they, you know, they, they contact us, and other people think, ah, this is all nonsense, you know, <laughs> because right. this is, it's not possible. You know, we, the, you know, CDC and the World Health Organization says there's no vaccine, so therefore there's no cure. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
So Ken, one of the things I've been dying to ask someone is, okay, so if these, you know, 5G, chemtrails, COVID-19, biowarfare, if this is really happening, and if it really is actually co-created or created uh, by what people are calling the elite or what other people call the cabal, Illuminati, uh, according to my testing, they don't call themselves that anymore, so anyway, but anyway, the elite, uh, so so if that is true, what do they have to protect themselves? Are they not human? Like, I don't get it. Like, how could, how could you create <laughs> this thing throughout the whole world, right? And, and if they have children, mm-hmm. if they have human children, they would be affected too, unless they have a solution to that. So would love your feedback. Precisely. Well, you just nailed it. It's a combination of they have things to protect themselves and some of them aren't human. Um, and I, I say that speaking from personal experience, uh, as you know, I've encountered three reptilian ETs back in 1995, and I've had ET contact of various kinds. And so they gave me a lot of information and helped me develop some of the technologies I've worked on. Um, and some of these so-called people um, aren't necessarily people. And then some of them are just people that are heavily influenced by the reptilian, let's say, ethic. And... Um, and basically are sociopaths and psychopaths and don't you know, have feelings. But yes, they do have technologies and things to protect themselves. And in certain areas where the um, financial elite live, they don't have cell towers around them. They don't have 5G. You know, there are certain places in Europe like that, in the U.S. Uh, and then also they build retreats for themselves. Uh, for example, the Bush family has 90,000 acres down in um, Panama. So yeah, they... They're, it's a combination. They've got technologies to protect themselves. They have technologies thousands of years beyond what the public is aware of. I mean, they've got reverse engineered ET technology and all kinds of stuff. That's what at I their heard. Disposal. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, tests the technology and all kinds of stuff. And I've, you know, again, I'm not like reading stuff on the internet. I'm, I know people. I know an NSA scientist who's shown me some of this technology, and and other people. And so. Um, so yes, they are not being affected the way that we will be, um, unless you know we protect ourselves. And 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 again, we have all the same tools. We can do the same stuff. We just have to be awake and aware, and not trying to hang on to the old paradigm. And so I think for the people listening to this, everybody who's listening to this is going to be of a mindset that they're going to find the solutions and be okay. What I see, the people that are suffering and have been suffering and will continue to suffer are the ones that are trying to hang on to the old paradigm, including the elite, by the way. You know, the the elite are having difficulties because of the energy shifting on the planet and people waking up, et cetera, et cetera. And so anybody who's trying to hang on to the old paradigm is suffering and will do increasingly so as time goes on. And by suffering, do you mean like mentally suffering or physically suffering or...? Both. For example, I mean, just look commonsensically at, you know, the population in the United States, and you look at all the people who have bought into the medical system and the medical paradigm, and they come down with cancer or whatever, and they get their limb chopped off and their body parts chopped off and radiated, and et cetera, et cetera, and guess what? Hey, it doesn't work. Oh, wow. And very often they die or whatever, or they go through immense suffering. And, you know, that's just one example. But... In general, from what I see, people who are trying to hang on to the old paradigm, they're depressed, they're emotionally unsatisfied, they don't have friends, they don't know how to socialize, they're physically ill, et cetera, et cetera. There's all these different effects that are coming from trying to hang on to a paradigm that 
does not work anymore physically and energetically mm. and spiritually. Yep, that's right. And and I know it, it seems sometimes very ominous, uh, some of the things that were, at least uh, as of this date, at this recording, that we're seeing on the, the news or things that haven't been censored yet as of, as of this moment relating to, um, you know, governments putting in some sort of legislation so they can come in your home and test you and take you away from your children. Um, and I'm not sure whether that is there to just scare people into fighting because the fight or flight or freeze response is one of the manipulative ways of getting people out of their center. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if that passes, if it's true, then yeah, that's not what we prefer, obviously. And then about um, mandatory vaccinations, a lot of people are concerned about that. Now, you and I know is that there are, you know, technologies, consciousness, there are ways of shifting, changing the channel, so to speak. So worst case scenario is if, if somebody did uh, prefer not to get it, but had to get it because they wanted their family to be, you know, not killed um, or whatever, um, yeah. then, then, put in the gulag. Uh, yeah. uh, then there are ways of shifting that and deactivating those things, I believe, through consciousness and devices right. and things and like that. Exactly. That's it. We have those kind of solutions for that. When we've had people in California who were faced with mandatory vaccination, they asked us, well, we got if we got to get vaccines, what can we do? And it's like, okay, there are very specific supplements you can take. There are energy devices you can take. And there are ways you can do all of this to where you can remove those toxins from the body very quickly and not, uh, you know, have damage from it. Um, yeah, it's all these things, all these things we've been talking about, energy machines, quantum biofeedback devices, supplements, detoxifiers, all these things. And then, of course, meditation itself. I mean, you know, you can remove and transmute elements and toxins in the body with your own consciousness, although it does typically take a lot of effort for most people. Um, so we've got these solutions. It's a matter of having the level of consciousness to be aware, number one, that they exist, and they be, mm. being willing to use them. See, a lot of people, this is something that was very interesting to me when all this COVID stuff came up, and I had friends who should know better that were freaking out and mm. flipping so out sad. because they hadn't done the spiritual work. Right. They had not done the spiritual work. And so that's why it's so important to do the spiritual work as well, not just getting information junkie, you know, watching YouTube <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, because if it lowers your vibration, I don't care how true it is, you know what? It's like, don't right. do it. Like, if you can't handle it, right. like, you know, Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men, right? You know, you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> that's saying that's right. that very fast. And I was like, you know, that's true <laughs> for some. Right. It's not appropriate. So, for example, like, you. Yeah, you mentioned the forced vaccinations in California. They got Ventura County um, just, they've been putting out daily videos. Their health department's been putting out daily videos mm -hmm. saying that, that they actually may take people from their homes if they've been determined to either have COVID or be right. close Dr. to proximity to somebody yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll pull them out of their house and put them in other facilities, which, you know, they're saying. That's could what be the Walmart is for. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I'm, I'm exactly. taking it. Well, there's a terrible joke. Well, if you 
if you actually go online and Google U.S. concentration camps, there are websites that show there are facilities all over the United States for detaining large numbers of people. Mm. They, some of them are small sheriff's offices. Some of them are large military facilities. But they're all over the United States, these facilities that could be used for detaining uh, large populations in a pandemic or whatever. So, But at any rate, with the forced vaccination thing, it's like, uh, first of all, yeah, I think all of this stuff – is happening to kick the mass population in the butt and make them wake up and make them take action and make them choose between what reality they want to live in. Mm -hmm. And so for folks who are awake and aware, I think it's a matter of, yes, deciding. Do you, For example, there's something called notice of liability, uh, which is a legal maneuver where you can stop stuff dead, and they've had great success with it. And so that's one route. I'm actually working with some of the people that are developing that for the public right now. Well, that sounds So wonderful. that basically you can, yeah, so there are legal maneuvers, there's rebellion, there's protest. You know, it depends on how you want to do things and what you want to do. And then if you're going to acquiesce and take the shot, hopefully that will ever happen. I don't think that will happen personally because I think there will be too many people rebelling. Um, mm -hmm, me too. And, and probably too many armed people rebelling. In America. <laughs> In the United States. <laughs> Yeah. Thank God for the <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody laughs about the U.S. being armed, but hey, you know, it That's might what it's useful. for. It's for ty ty tyrannical yeah. governments. That's what it's for. I, I right. totally, you know, I, I'm op more open-minded now than I ever was about guns in America. Well, it's like I've got a friend in the Army, and he, he said that, you know, he's friends with the owner of a uh, gun store here in the area, and he said that, when all this pandemic stuff hit, they were just, of course, slammed with people oh, yeah. coming and buying. <clears throat> and Ours it was, was he too. said, eighty percent of them. Yes, and eighty percent of them were first-time gun owners, and a vast majority of them were people who didn't believe in guns previously. Mm. But when your own butt is in under threat of physical harm, that all changes, you know. So. Um, so at any rate, I don't think that we're going to really need to worry about it, but I think what you're going to see is different dramas being acted out by different levels of consciousness. So like right now in Michigan, you see there are people, there are militia members going to the Capitol steps with uh, weapons and, and telling the police, don't even try to stop or we'll shoot you. And then you've got other people who are putting political pressure on or legal pressure on, and then you've got other people who are sitting back and going, I'm just not you know, participating in this. So there's going to be different levels of participation or non-participation, but fencing is not going to work anymore. You're going to have to do something. Uh, and I think in this case, with the forced vaccinations, I mean, I would particularly, you know, physically rebel and not allow it if it was, you know, if it came to that. But uh, I, and I would be like right now. I'm I'm using notice of liability this week. Actually, I'm starting to use notice of liability on different uh, organizations. Um, in preparation. The best plan is to be prepared. It's, mm -hmm. it's like the pandemic. It was no big deal for me. You know, there, I wasn't worried one bit about anybody. I'm getting sick because me and my family and friends all have my protocols and supplements. My staff, for example, we've got all the supplements and things that I'm talking about here at work, and all my staff have access to it, and they have it at home. And yep. so they don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's amazing the you know, worry, eh? The fear, the worry, and as I was at first just not even connecting to that, like mass consciousness, until of course my students started to feel other people's stuff and started freaking out. I'm like, oh, I better do something. Um, 
But I, I, because yeah. I was like, I felt totally, completely safe. Like I didn't feel. I was like, oh well, you know, there's viruses that are transmitted. Like not a big deal, right? Like I just didn't really understand the global, um, the the parties crying, trying to. Well, I did understand trying to make, create fear, but me myself, I didn't realize that I had to step up to take a stand. Right. Because um, I, I did stuff yeah. behind the scenes, but. But people, my, my wellness leadership mentor, Marcus, said, people need to hear from you. People have only right. one side of the story. They need to hear the other side of the story. And I was like, oh, right. okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go on Facebook now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very true. There are a lot of people that were really terrified and, you know, went down the fear road. And a lot of people I knew that should know better that it really surprised me. Mm. So you see how effective the programming is and the mind oh, yeah. is, you know, when something like this happens. Yeah, um, and where did the toilet paper thing come from? Do you know? Because I don't know. I have no idea where that I came do. From. Okay, so who started that? Yeah, I that? do. Um, <laughs> well, um, my friend in the military told me that the reason that there was a shortage of toilet paper and um, paper towels was because the companies that make those, normally they stockpile large amounts of it. And um, there was some event somewhere, I don't know if it was in the U.S. or somewhere, that a lot of their stockpiles were used up. And so they didn't have those stockpiles when the pandemic hit. And so they were trying to produce as fast as they could to meet demand. And that's why we've had this shortage of those two. But like somebody, um, just, who gave the memo to say you should stockpile on toilet paper? Because my, my mentors from uh, Australia, and they said, I'm sorry, but we started it. I'm not sure if that's true. but Well, there's a lot of survivalists that already know that. Because, you know, there, there's a book, for example, in a video called um, Strategic Relocation, and it's all about um, uh, surviving uh, catastrophes of various kinds. And, and so there are lots of people like that that, are, that put information out about and have studied what really happens when a currency collapses or there's a pandemic or whatever, and mm. then they write out the logistics of dealing with it. And, you know, because there are companies that prepare corporations and wealthy people or anybody who's got the money to be prepared for these kinds of emergencies. And so there are a lot of preppers and people like that that know toilet paper, typically, you know, those those things are some of the first things that people start hoarding. Huh. <laughs> wow. And by the way, for your listeners... Uh, a nice little solution to the toilet paper shortage. It, you can go to places like Home Depot and you can get these little $60 bidets that you can attach to your toilet lid and clean your, your booty off with that with a little squirt of water and you use far less toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I was I joking early on. Yeah, I was really joking early on. I'm like, wow, we should get a big run on bidets soon, you know, once the toilet paper runs out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. fascinating. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you're recommending to your staff, to your, you know, to friends, to family, to your clients that may be helpful in this space, uh, whether it be COVID nineteen, five G, or EMF radiation, or um, mm-hmm. you know, any of the things that we talked about today. Okay, so short term or immediate kinds of things you can do. Um, protecting yourself against the EMF and 5G, uh, use some kind of skater field technology, you know, EMF pendants. Uh, my devices, for example, are Rest Shield, which you know, we market it for, uh, as a sleep aid, but it really is um, 
a really, really good and very powerful EMF protector. As a matter of fact, of all the different devices I've tested, it's the strongest one I've I've seen. And I also had it confirmed by an NSA scientist who <laughs> it was stronger than one he had developed, and he was kind of ticked off about it. But at any rate, the skater field technology will create a, a field that will structure EMF to make it far less damaging. So we've got devices for that. EMF pendants, protectors on your phone. Basically, use this kind of technology to protect yourself, but then also minimize exposure to wireless technologies. You know, It's mm. like, particularly in light of this COVID thing, this is something very important people need to understand. I've been recommending for many, many years for people to minimize cell phone use for the obvious reasons of, of health risks. But it's also become a health risk because these governments that are talking about um, forcibly evicting people from their homes and putting them in detention centers for you know people who have been exposed to the COVID or in proximity to COVID, they're using cell phones to track them. You know they're using uh, if if a person in certain municipalities gets COVID, then they're mandated to install an app on their cell phone that tracks them. And even if that wasn't installed, I mean, cell phones can be tracked even when they're turned off. Um, this is something mm. an NSA Sunday showed me. And you can also show this to yourself. If you uh, download Google Maps to your phone for a particular area, you can disable the cellular service, and you can still use GPS using downloaded maps. So how does it know where you're at? It knows where you're at because in addition to a cellular transmitter being built into your phone, there's also a radio transmitter that talks to satellites. So there are multiple technologies in these cell phones so they can track where you're going, they can, even when they're turned off. And so, mm -hmm. for example, I have mandated that my staff not bring cell phones into our building, and I've given them, given them all little metal boxes to put their cell phones on so when they're driving to work, even when their phone is off, it's shielded so that it's not being tracked. And that way, this data can't be correlated of where people are going and if they've been in proximity to somebody that's you know, been infected or whatever. And so you're less likely to get yanked out of your house. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you talking, um, about, uh, you're talking about like a little mini Faraday cage you're giving them? Precisely, yeah. I, I, I literally went on to, uh, I think, AliExpress and places like eBay. You know these little metal tins that you get like uh, mints, breath mints and stuff in? Mm -hmm. Uh, they make larger versions of that for different things, for crafts and stuff. So I just went on to, uh, I think it was AliExpress. That blocks and found it? A, a, yeah, it'll totally block it. Um, <laughs> and now it won't block the scalar stuff. It'll block the electromagnetic stuff totally. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I did a video on this years ago on YouTube. I think it's probably the most viewed YouTube video that I have called something um, do-it-yourself uh, EMF protection for cell phones. And the point of the video is actually to minimize your cell phone use. But what I did was took a cell phone and wrapped it. I took a meter and showed the cell phone EMF when it was just sitting there doing nothing, and then when it was on a call and it went, when it was texting and showing the different levels. And then I wrapped it in a piece of foil, and all of that disappeared. So, yeah, even heavy-duty aluminum foil is enough to block the cell phone signal and protect you. From the wow. Yeah, that's amazing. So well, <laughs> it'd be really inconvenient, obviously, uh, put, putting the foil on and off and on and off when you need to use your phone. So the, the exactly. pin is a much better. And, and I'm, idea. you know, I'm not a luddite. I love technology, and but I'll tell you, I, 
I'm considering just completely getting rid of my phone, but I will tell you, I'll tell folks what you can do to minimize your tracking and everything. First of all, I got a, uh, a no-contract phone off of Amazon, and a uh, great phone. It works fantastic. I travel all over the world with it. I got tons of apps. I use apps. I love them. Um, I never hold it in my hand. I, you know, put it on a desk or whatever when I'm using it, or I put it in a holder when it's in my car. I discovered the hard way doing GPS. I used to do walking GPS when I was overseas, holding it, you know, because I kind of had to, and um, and it messed me up. I started feeling like I was going to have a heart attack. So I wound up just using a selfie stick. Just keeping it one foot away from your hand is enough to minimize the EMF mm. uh, to where it's not doing that. And then uh, EMF protectors. We sell EMF protectors on our website. We've got them. Stick it on your phone. And then minimize use. Don't use your computer as a ha- I mean your phone as a handheld computer. Use it only when you need to. Use it for those apps that you absolutely need when you need them. And then keep it in airplane mode when you know when you or turn it off. And never ever put it in your pocket or next to your body when it's on. At least put it in airplane mode. You know at least. And if you do all that, that'll minimize your damage from it. Um, but then, as far as the tracking goes, which, by the way, the new euphemism for cell phone tracking is tracing, because <laughs> it sounds better. Oh, we're not going to oh, track yes. you; we're just going to trace you. Trace you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tracing. Um, then you, you know, put your phone in a Faraday cage. Put it in a metal box or wrap it in foil or something when you're not using it, even at home. Um, you know, I was told by an NSA scientist who showed me the skater technology in the phones. I, I said, well, skater can go through a metal box. And he's like, yeah. I said, well, then what do you do to keep your phone from spying on you when you're home? And he said, leave it in your car, uh, you know, outside. So, you know, you may not need to go that far, but at the very least, minimize use. Keep it in airplane mode or turn it off when you're not using it. Put it in a Faraday cage when you're not using it, especially if you're in your car so it's not tracking your every move. Hmm. And then you'll be fine, you know. Oh, and also, I, I when I got the no contract phone, um, I put it in a fake name, and I buy minutes cards. I don't use a credit card to you know keep updated on minutes. I go to you know drugstores or wherever, and I get minutes cards, and I'll put a year's worth of minutes on it using cash. I buy the minutes cards of cash. So there's no tracing or any connection to me. Now, I will tell you this. Um, this was shown to me again by an NSA scientist. The, all these phones and many, if not most, of the apps uh, do voice recognition, they do facial recognition, and they do fingerprint recognition. So that all goes into an NSA database in Utah. And so, you know, if I became a person of interest to the government, well, they can access it, even if, even though it's not in my name and all that stuff. They know through voice recognition and fingerprint recognition and facial recognition. They know it's my phone. But that's going to be extremely unlikely that, you know, anybody's going to go to that extreme to find you. And so, particularly for this COVID stuff, I think you're pretty. it's a pretty safe bet. If you put the phone in a fake name and you use minute cards bought with cash and uh you know and you use these techniques to avoid uh having it on all the time and i think you're in pretty good shape from not being tracked 
too heavily. Mm. I thought it was really interesting. One day we were traveling out of Canada, and the uh, w- first time in many years it was going to be late to the gate. And one of the reasons why is because uh, you had to, you know, with your passport and you know green card, whatever it was. Uh, no, it was it was in Canada size. Yeah, so so passport. So uh, they were like, well the machine's not working and I'm like you know there's this big line and you know and they're like you're gonna have to come with us you know so I said to my husband I said look just run to the gate just tell him I'm coming right so he goes are you sure you're gonna be okay I'm like yes 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 so he runs to the gate to tell him to wait for me right and so what happened was I put my fingers on the little glass plate uh, at the customs Mm -hmm. or whatever you call it they can't they they can't scan my fingerprints I, I don't understand why. And they're like, okay, they're wiping the plate, you know, and, you know, like, make your hands wetter, whatever. Nothing. And I said, yeah. well, you're going to have to do yeah, a manual. <laughs> you're going to have to do a manual, you know, interview or whatever. So I had to wait, you know, for this woman to interview me. And it was like five, you know, not even five minutes, like two minutes. Yeah, 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 I go, right? But I thought that was, like, so curious. I'm like, why can't they take my fingerprints? <laughs> It's weird. Somebody's looking out for you, Karen. I think Somebody's so. I think so. You. Well, tell us a little bit about the and Home Shield. I'm certainly really interested uh, in that technology. Hmm. Well, I originally developed it in 2011 uh, when Fukushima occurred. Um, and because of my background and all the things that I've seen and been exposed to, when I heard about Fukushima, the first thing I thought was, I wonder if the U.S. used a skater weapon to, to cause the... Uh, earthquake that caused the um, tsunami. And so I googled uh, Fukushima um, skater weapon and sure enough one of the first things that came up was an interview that Benjamin Fulford who was the editor-in-chief of Forbes China at the time, he was interviewing the Minister of Finance of Japan and the Minister of Finance of Japan on video said that yes, indeed, the United States had used a skater weapon to create the earthquake, but it wasn't the first time that they had done it. They had done it mm-hmm. two times before on the west coast of Japan, and the reason that they did it was because um, Japan was, well, it really had to do with, there's been a, a movement by 100, 135, 140 nations around the world that are tired of the United States pushing them around politically and economically. So they're putting together an alternative banking system, um, this group called the BRICS Alliance, B-R-I-C-S, for people that want to look it up. And they're trying to make the Chinese yuanmingbing become the world's reserve currency and create this alternative banking system to the SWIFT system and the Western, you know, oligarchy of, of banking. And uh, Russia's involved, China's involved. And so <laughs> so the United States and these countries have been doing all the skirmishing behind the scenes to you know, try to make that happen or not make that happen. And um, so a lot of the economic problems that you see in the world is coming from this manipulation, particularly on the behalf of the United States. Um, but so at any rate, Japan, um, I guess, was doing business with China, maybe trading in oil or something, and the United States wanted them to stop doing what they were doing so that to make it less likely that their yenmingbing would be the reserve currency. And Japan didn't want to do that for whatever reason. So the United States used these skater weapons to uh, coerce them to do it. And so here's the Minister of Finance saying this, and he said, yeah, the first time they, you know, they hit two cities on the west coast of Japan and caused these earthquakes, and Japan didn't relent, but when they did Fukushima, 
they relented, and the United States got what it wanted. So here it was on video, you know, and I was like, well, that doesn't surprise me, um, no, knowing no. what I know. <laughs> and so, um, so then I started looking around to see if anybody had any skater technology to counteract that stuff, and um, particularly the... Uh, I was interested in the nuclear fallout. I was looking to see if anybody had any skater tech to stop the nuclear fallout that I knew was going to be coming. And sure enough, there were people that had it, but it wasn't very well developed. They didn't really understand the physics. And it just so happened, big spirit trick, that I had technology that could be modified to do that. And so I spent a year and a half and um, hardly slept and ate and ran myself into the ground, but I finally came up with this device that would... Uh, clear a 75-mile radius of all air pollution and send it out into space, whether it's nuclear fallout or chemtrails or whatever. And when you do that, it balances the charge in the atmosphere. You know, tornadoes and hurricanes and these strong weather events are the Earth cleaning itself, cleaning the atmosphere. Right. And so when a hurricane or a tornado is doing that, it's, it's creating a vortex that literally can actually alter matter. Um, when you see, there's evidence of this, when you see after tornadoes and hurricanes, you'll see some really small object like a, like a straw or something shoved through a telephone pole or a tree, and it's embedded inside the tree. It's like, how does that happen, right? Well, what, or what a has car. been covered by... I think there was a picture of a car. I don't know if that was a real picture, though. Could be. It was like this, car, it was like well, this, it was like this tree in the middle of a car, and, and you're like, okay... How did that yeah, happen? And, and objects like you know melded together. It's like how does that happen? Well, it turns out in a strong vortex, like in a tornado, or especially or a, especially a tornado, but also sometimes in hurricanes, the vortex creates a black hole. It actually can open up a black hole, and inside of a black hole, there's no mass, there's no uh, inertia or momentum or drag or any of that, and matter dematerializes. And then when it comes out of the vortex, it rematerializes. And so if two objects happen to be in the same space, when they're dematerialized, when they rematerialize, you get those effects. And so so anyway, the, you know, so these, these types of events are designed to clear the atmosphere of the pollution and balance the charge and balance the earth. Well, if you do that yourself, which my device will do, it cleans the atmosphere, sends the pollutants out into space, and because it's vibrational, it only sends pollutants out. It doesn't damage the atmosphere in any way. It doesn't alter anything. It just cleans the pollution out, sends it out into space. That balances the charge in the atmosphere for a 75-mile radius, and then you've got clean air, and then you get Ooh. normal weather because of it. And then, um, for example, here in Florida, we've got these all along the east coast of Florida. When a hurricane comes around, it just falls apart and, and goes away because it hits these pockets of clean air and the charge, it just disseminates and it falls apart because it doesn't need to do its cleaning. Mm. And so it has all kinds of protections like that. And in addition, it's the, it has the same technology built into it that the rest shield pyramids do. And so it does EMF protection on a larger area, and it um, also helps with sleep. So it's like a whole house sleep aid. It's a whole house EMF protection device, but it has these other benefits like clearing chemtrails and balancing the weather. Is this something you can put inside your home, or does it have to go outside your home? 
It needs to go outside, probably about 20 feet outside of your bedrooms because it's so strong. Uh, like we've had okay. people, I mean, definitely energy sensitive people can't get too close to it. But most normal people, they can get right around it, not a problem. But if you're around it chronically, like next, we had a guy put it next to his bed and didn't tell us. And he calls it up and he's like, I'm going to turn this thing. It's making me dizzy. And we're like, what? And then he told us he had it on his nightstand. <laughs> like, what about what are you dizzy? So he put it outside about 20 feet out, and he was fine. Uh, so it's like too much of a good thing if you get too okay. close Okay. And this is uh, pretty it, big, right? Like you have to ground it or like what – like how it, big is it? No, it's about the size – it's on our website. It's on the homepage of our website. It's about the size okay. of a two-gallon bucket. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's solar-powered. You hook it up to a lawn tractor battery, and it's got a solar panel that keeps it charged and running. And it just sits there and runs 24-7. And um, What about rain or snow? Well, it doesn't interfere with the weather. Here's the cool thing. You get normal weather for your area. So, for example, we put them in Canada and get normal precipitation. They get normal snowfall and rainfall. We put them in the desert of Arizona, and the deserts green up, and they get rain, but they don't get too much rain, and the flooding mm. stops because they're not getting you know, these torrential storms coming all at once. They get a little bit of rain here and there, and also it makes the springs start popping up. Um, it's kind of like a pyramid in, the, in that effect. So like mm. you know, in Sedona, the springs started running again. They get rain. The desert's green. And, uh, I don't yeah, suppose it gets rid of black flies, does it? <laughs> It does reduce, I can tell you here in Florida, it does reduce the parasitic insect population a little bit, uh, like mosquito noceums and stuff. So it could, because they don't like the frequency of it. So we did notice, like in my yard, it used to be horrific in the summertime. You just couldn't step out without just eating alive. And now you can go out, and it's not that big of a deal. So it does mm-hmm. help with that. Now, do you have to shield the device from, from rain and snow? It's weather resistant. It's weather okay. resistant. The main thing it has to be shielded from is the summer heat. So we, it comes with oh. a shade screen so that you can put it over it. Um, but no, you just put it outside, you know, up off the ground. Awesome. It's not going to sit in, in any pool of water, and it does its thing. Yeah. Okay. I don't, wow. and so I don't we just know have to put it in a place in the where, where we don't have the snow, like my, my neighbor like plows, right? So we just have to put it in a spa- spot where he's not going to pile a bunch of snow on top of it because it needs to charge yeah. up. Yeah. Got it. That's it. And for some place like we've had uh, people up in northern United States and Canada where they only get a few hours of sun in the wintertime per day, it needs about six hours of sun per day. So if you don't get that much sun, then we have a combination of a uh, larger solar panel and extension cord to move the panel to brighter areas. Um, so there's, yeah. Ah, Okay. Okay, great. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about the rest shield and about the home shield. Um, are there any other things that you suggest to people right now, uh, whether it be a supplement or yeah. Yeah, most definitely for uh, regarding COVID and supplements and all that kind of stuff. Um, first of all, supplement-wise that we have, um, the ones that I recommend keeping on hand protect yourself for any kind of infection, whether it's cold or flu or, you know, parasites or whatever. We have a product called Accelerated Silver. It's a monoatomic silver that's been skater energized, and it's a very different animal than conventional colloidal or um, nano silvers out there. Uh, so that's one I always travel with. I always keep multiple bottles of that on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have another really interesting 
product that's a nano zeolite, which is uh, zeolite is a mineral that's formed when lava hits uh, water, and it creates this really interesting microscopic cage structure that can grab on toxins in the body. And normally they're formed naturally underground or when lava hits ocean water. And, and the people grind up the powders, the very fine powders, and ingest it. But those can only really clean out the GI tract. They can't get outside the GI tract. But these nano um, zeolites that we have, they're made in a laboratory, and the the cages that grab onto the toxins or the pathogens, they're individual, and they're not. They're perfectly formed and structured, and they're clean. Zeolites that occur out in nature can pick up toxins from the environment, and they won't release them in the body. They'll hold on to them, so they won't release them in the body. But they become less effective the more stuff that they pick up. So these right. nanozeolites, they're 100% effective because they they don't have any of the cages, you know, have, aren't occupied with anything. And also because the particles are individual cages, they're nanoscale, so they can go anywhere in the body that water can go and pull heavy metals, for example, out of the brain or, you know, anywhere in tissue. <clears throat> so that's one that I... I definitely keep on hand. Actually, that's one I take every day because we need to be detoxing on a daily basis. And so that's one I use every day. And then um, uh, also particular interest for the COVID stuff, uh, we have a skater energized uh, iodine called Alive Iodine. It's monatomic iodine. Some people call it nascent iodine. But this stuff has been skater energized with the anti-frequencies of unknown radioactive elements. So not only can it provide the body with iodine and provide the thyroid with iodine. Unlike most other iodines, it can actually remove radioactive uh, iodine and cesium from the body and from the thyroid, and it can neutralize the radioactivity in the body. Mm. So um, that has been shown in Fukushima with this particular product. And then we also have a uh, product called Rat Zero, that is a what we call an almost homeopathic. It's monoatomic uh, iodine and probably gold um, in it that's been skater energized, and it also emits the anti-frequencies of all known radioactive elements. So it'll neutralize radioactivity in the body, and again, proven in Fukushima. And uh, it also protects protects against EMF, and if you, uh, and it also helps to accelerate healing from EMF damage. So that's uh, that's definitely one that I take. Uh, yeah, and the cool thing is you don't have to take it every day. I take um, two or three bottles of it initially, and then when I go on a trip, I will take it for a week before. I'll take it during the trip, and then I'll take it for a week after the trip just to clean anything out that I may get exposed to. Mm. Um, and then one of the, as you mentioned, you know, flooding the body with oxygen uh, really helps kill off pathogens. And so food and diet and chlorophyll will do that. There are certain supplements that will do that. And um, one thing that I use whenever I come down with any kind of an infection, I also use this intestinal cleanser we have called OxyPowder because it's an oxygen-based intestinal cleanse. And when you sleep at night, pathogens will regroup and strengthen while you're sleeping. And because you're not doing any supplement or anything to knock them back. And so the, taking an oxy powder will flood the GI tract with oxygen and knock these pathogens back while you're sleeping. So if you're doing any kind of a healing program, you're going to get much quicker results with it. And um, I think that's... Um, mm -hmm. Now, one other 
one other product that we do have that is not so much for the pandemic, but really for the 5G stuff, is Orms. We have Vancouver Island Ormus, which is a mineral extract that when it's metabolized in the body, it will create monoatomic elements in the body that will go to the pineal gland and the brain, and it will enhance brain function and memory and your third eye. So it, it opens up the third eye. And uh, so that's, that's a really uh, useful one that we have. Now, there's some others that we don't carry that are extremely important for people to know about. And number one, for killing off pathogenic infections, including viruses and GMO viruses, is um, chlorine dioxide, also known as MMS or CDS. Uh, CD stands for chlorine dioxide solution. MMS stands for miracle mineral supplement. And long story short, um, it is a bleach, but it's not like Clorox. It's a different form of bleach. It was approved by the FDA, not that it means anything, but over 40 years ago it was approved by the FDA for human consumption. It's used a lot in municipal water supplies and in restaurant disinfection of meat and stuff like that. Um, of course, it doesn't mean anything to me, um, but there was a man named Jim Humble who discovered it and brought it out to the public. And when it's mixed, when it's diluted properly and ingested, it is metabolized and converted to huge amounts of oxygen in the body and a little bit of salt. Years ago when I was first told about this, um, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to recommend <laughs> anybody take bleach, right? Right, right, right. Absolutely not. It kind of smells years, a, like bleach. Oh, it totally smells like bleach. It smells just like <laughs> Clorox. And it looks like it. But it's not the exact same bleach. It's chemically different. But... Okay. Uh, you know, I had a couple of um, educators at Hippocrates Institute when I was down there from Ireland. They kept telling me, you got to do this stuff. you got to learn about this stuff. You I was like, yeah, right, not in a million years. Um, no way. And then I got Lyme disease. And I thought, <laughs> okay, well, let's see if this stuff works. And it got rid of Lyme disease in three weeks. Wow. And so I said, hmm, there's something to this. So then I started testing it. And what I found was that what they said about it was true, that it takes a couple of hours to metabolize, and so when you first ingest it, your chlorine levels go way up in the body, which is, of course, free radicals, <clears throat> and you would think, oh, my God, you know, you got a big dose of free radicals or whatever, but then it starts getting metabolized in the gut, and then it converts to huge amounts of oxygen in the extracellular fluids and the blood and a little bit of salt, and so your sodium levels will go up a little bit. The oxygen levels go up off the charts, and that kills that kind of these pathogens. And it is the silver bullet that I use. I never go without this stuff. I always have it at home. I always carry it with me when I travel. And it saved me when I was in India for three weeks in December. I mean, man, I was coming with all kinds of crap from food poisoning and air pollution and a litany of other things. And that was a major, major component of what got me over things quickly so I could do these public talks I was doing. Mm. So that's very important. And people can get that. It's hard to find because the FDA and the U.S. government was jailing people that were selling it. But there's a guy in Florida who has a license to, to make it and sell it because he makes it for large municipal water systems, and he knows what he's doing. He's got a lab, and he does it right, and he does it safely. And his website is KV lab, kilovictorlab.com. 
You can get it there. It's cheap. It's like 40 bucks a bottle. It'll last six months. But that stuff is like a silver bullet for these pathogens of any kind, whether it's a parasite or a bacterial or a viral infection. So mm. that everybody should have that in their in their kit. Well, and I had one uh, of the major can I, things. Ken, I was going to uh, mm-hmm. mention that uh, I had a patient one time. Uh, I can't remember where we got our MMS, but you had to mix two bottles, and then it became active, and X number right. of drops of each, and then you know, drink it. So anyway, I was uh, muscle testing a, a patient uh, way back when, and uh, you know, got that he should use it for six weeks or something. Anyway, so but he didn't show up back at the office for three months. And uh, and he kept taking it, even though it says on you know, the paper, stop after six weeks, you know, and come back, right? right? So say. And what happened was, uh, and maybe this is, maybe you can explain it, and maybe it was coincidental, but it's like his teeth started getting, like he had dental problems to begin with, and he was seeing a dentist, um, and it like his teeth started demineralizing. And I said, oh, stop yeah. it. I said, stop it. I said, yeah. you weren't supposed to have it for this long. But, you you know, he canceled an appointment, canceled an appointment. And this was three months later. Um, and in Chinese medicine, we recognize that if someone's detoxing really, really heavily, they're going to use a lot of kidney energy. And so what was happening, at least from my point of view, was that it was too much. It forced yeah. the body to detox when it didn't have the resources to do that. Yes, you're absolutely right with all this stuff. It's like any kind of detox. If you get a, a flu or a you know, pathogenic infection and you start detoxing to kill it off, you always have to be very cognizant aware of stress on the kidneys and other organs as you're detoxing. Because you know? if you're flushing a lot of acids and stuff out, you can stress them and, and then you're weak on top of it. So, yeah, you do really need to do those kinds of things under guidance. Um, just for general parasite cleansing and stuff, you know, people can do it on their own and not overdo it. But you're absolutely right. And, you know, I was down at Hippocrates Institute years ago doing their nine-week educator program, and I was milking it for everything I could get out of it because it was an expensive program. And I was drinking, you know, they were recommending drinking two to four ounces of wheatgrass a day. I was drinking eight to 12 ounces of wheatgrass juice a day. I was detoxing my butt off. I was doing everything to the T. And interestingly enough, number one, my teeth turned green from all the (laughs) chlorophyll. Oh, no. (laughs) And they softened up. Yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. And my teeth got really soft from all the detoxing. And at that time, I had mercury fillings. Some of my mercury fillings popped out. Yep. And I was dumping all this mercury and stuff. It stressed my kidneys. But my teeth got so soft that without me noticing it, I was there for so long that food acids from the lemon juice stuff they used in the raw food, it ate the enamel off of my teeth and cut these big pits into my teeth. And that was just from raw food and wheatgrass juice. You know, so yeah, overdoing any of this stuff, you can have all kinds of bizarre problems, and so you definitely want to, you know, do it according to directions and that kind of thing. Have, um, have you ever heard that. of Have you ever heard of coconut oil uh, pulling causing cavities? Because my mom said her dentist said not to do that anymore because it could cause her cavities. Maybe that's I not heard of causing but. cavities. No, I have, I've I've tried uh, coconut oil pulling and it works, um, but I've never done it to excess. <laughs> I don't okay, know about yeah. that, but I could see how that could be the case. And on the other hand, too, um, you know, um, I believe Western Price's work showing that if you don't get enough fat soluble vitamins, then you can also lose minerals, on, mm. especially in the teeth, as well. Because you know, years ago when I went, I was vegan for like 18 years, and it wasn't until I hit my late wow, 40s really? when I started noticing. Oh, yeah. And, 
And when you're younger, you can get away with that. But when you're, you start getting older and um, you, if you don't get enough fat, soluble vitamins and B12 and all that kind of stuff, then you can get bone density problems and tooth problems and all kinds of problems, brain function problems, a lot of stuff, nervous system problems. And so that set me on a whole other path of exploration. And I went, you know, I stopped being vegan and started eating some raw dairy and butter and that kind of stuff. And that took care of it, um, along with, you know, supplementing to get the bone loss back. So, yeah, I mean, you can overdo anything. You can overdo food and, and have problems or not do enough with something and have problems. You you have to listen to people who know what they're doing and get guidance on things and figure things out on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I love teaching people to, you know, do their divine muscle testing. They're connected to zero point. They're connected to source, and they ask the question without uh, having that... Um, bias, you know, there's ways in which you can minimize your own bias, then you can, you know, muscle test your dosages and muscle test how many weeks or days or, and I'm always surprised sometimes that the answer is not what I think, you know, necessarily as a medical yeah. doctor. Sometimes it's not, yeah. um, yeah, so I was like, okay, well, this is what your body wants right now, so. Very true, and I'm I'm glad you're teaching that. That's a very very important skill to have for people that maybe are not that skilled at it or want other options. You can also use quantum biofeedback to do that. Uh, mm, right. These devices like the QXCI Skio, the Indigo, the Adductor, the Life System, and then there's German and Russian technologies out there. But these machines, you get hooked up to them, and they read you energetically, and they can dose supplements. They can tell you how much you need of different supplements or how good or bad a supplement is for you or if you're deficient in certain minerals or whatever. So that's another useful tool. And those machines are extremely useful for COVID, for any kind of a, a, a pathogenic infection. The supplements are really good for knocking these things out, but if you want to radically accelerate your success with it, get hooked up to either a Rife machine or these quantum biofeedback machines, and it will radically accelerate it. So, uh, again, if people want to email um, me at freshmanalive.com, go to the contact page and email me. My staff can send you information on specific devices that we recommend to do that. Um, but that has saved me so many times, particularly when I've been like on speaking tours and I get food poisoning or I get exposed to some bug and I get really sick. I can get over it within two, three days, four days at most um, if I've got these uh, access to these supplements and this technology. Now, another cool thing about the quantum biofeedback technology, once you've been hooked up to these machines and it's read your pattern, it can then send the energy to you remotely, no matter where you are in the cosmos. So when I travel, I always schedule, uh, when I'm traveling overseas, I always schedule skio sessions with my local practitioner to do on me remotely at least mm -hmm. once a week while I'm traveling. And that just, I never get sick. If I do that and the supplements, and I never get sick. Wow, that's amazing. So they can read you thousands and thousands of miles away and send you the yeah, correct energy? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When I was in India, I got violently ill from food poisoning. And I was laid up in bed with a fever and vomiting and everything. And and uh, my wife called my practitioner back in the state and said, you know, run a scan on him and see what's going on. And, and so she did. And it, it can both read you 
can tell what's going on, and then it can send energy back into the body to help counteract it. And um, and she saw, oh, well, it's uh, in this case, it's a bacterial infection, and, and she knew the strain and everything, and, and said, yeah, we'll zap it, and she zapped it, and um, and I was taking supplements, and every time she zapped me, I could feel it, I felt way better, and after three three days of that, it was over. You know, nice. if if I didn't know this, it would have been weeks. It would have been wow. weeks. So that's yeah, cool. Phenomenal. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners related to COVID nineteen or five G protection? Well, I think in in general, it's what you're already teaching. To, you know, to to stay out of fear and because. First of all, 2020, if you think 2020 is an event for your way to 2021, it's going to get more so. If you look at the astrology, what's going on and what's coming. <laughs> and also, you know, we're in an era of bioware now, and, you know, they've kind of let the rain loose on it with this pandemic, so who knows what else may be coming. But if you're prepared, you'll be fine. But the big, the big thing to keep in mind through whatever comes our way is to um, – is that consciousness creates reality. And so whatever crazy thing comes our way, the solutions will also be there because that's the way consciousness works. And so all you have to do instead of getting in fear and freaking out and you know that kind of stuff, start looking around for the solutions. And the, solu- the best way to do it is by doing what you're doing right now, listening to programs like this and connecting up with people like you and me and others who have solutions, and then getting those solutions in place so that you're prepared so whatever comes your way, you're good. And then, and also, if you're, if you're progressive with your thought and you're not trying to hang on to the old paradigm and you're moving forward, you're going to be just fine. It's like... You know, all these businesses have been going bankrupt and stuff and all the, the financial difficulties and people losing their jobs. Business has been booming for me. It's actually been a blessing for me, uh, sad to say, for other people. But, you know, it's like I was concerned when I first heard all of this, like, oh, my God, are we going to make it as a business? And it's like, boom, man, people just started buying stuff like crazy. So I've seen that consistently with everyone I know who is working on the new paradigm. They're okay. Everybody's okay. It's the ones that are trying to hang on to the old one. So just do your diligence, meditate, do all these things that we've been talking about, and you'll be just fine. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. So thank you, Ken, so much for this enlightening interview. It was so much fun, so much information. Um, I'm sure people will probably listen to it over and over again. Uh, We're just going to say the name of your website again. Um, It's freshandalive.com, all one word. So www.freshandalive.com. And then you can uh, go to the contact page if you'd like to connect with Ken's staff and to get some advice. and, uh, And both the Rest Shield and the Home Shield and some of the supplements you mentioned are also on there. I, I actually use the, um, you know, the the Oxy powder. And you told me you said when you go traveling because I, I had constipation issues when I go traveling, and <laughs> oftentimes it's empathy. You know, like I will suddenly yeah. go from being in the country right to being in a city with millions of people, and my body takes a few days to like adjust, uh, you know, energetically yeah. for that. And you said, oh, you won't have any problem, and you were absolutely right. I wasn't sure I believed you, but <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. <laughs> so I just keep buying it because I'm like, yep, next time I travel, uh, this is this is great. Yeah. I know that, you know, it's funny. One of the biggest problems I have is people don't believe me because some of the stuff 
that I have is so cutting edge that it's like ah, it's almost like, like too voodoo. good to be true, right? They're like, how could this? Yeah. You know, how could it, how could yeah. that actually work? And uh, yeah, so we got the rush shield, and I'm planning to get a home shield, and I think my neighbors would totally appreciate it. I'm not talking about just my next door neighbor, but I'm talking about my friends. Like I have a lot of healing friends, you know, within a 75 mile radius. So they're all like, yeah. sure, yeah. Karen, get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're excited to to get that soon. So thank you so much, Ken. It's been delightful uh, having you on the show. Thanks for all you do. Oh, likewise. My pleasure. Always always fun to talk to you, Karen. Awesome. We want to thank all of our listeners for listening in. Until next time, uh, bye for now.